The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best. Welcome to our 2020 Year in Review on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And this week, we're going to be talking about everything that happened in the glorious year of 2020. Joining us for 2020 Year in Review week is both Jordan Cooney, a SEO strategist and advisor for Search Metrics, and Tyson Stockton, Search Metrics' Vice President of Services. So far this week, Jordan, Tyson, and I have talked about Google's increased communication around their updates. We talked about the acknowledgement of ranking factors or factors that rank, um, specifically talking about core web vitals. We talked about Google's changes to shopping and how they're trying to collect data to potentially improve their shopping experience. Yesterday, we talked about the no-click phenomenon and how the search community feels about having their content shown without getting traffic. Today, we're going to land the plane on our 2020 year in review talking about some of Google's legal challenges, including their antitrust suit. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the last part of my conversation with Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton from Searchmetrics. Jordan Tyson, happy Friday. It's the end of the year. We've reached the end of the road. And whatever you do, let's not talk about the coronavirus. Welcome back to our SEO year in review for 2020. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we made it. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> we, we made it. We made it. We're alive. We made it through <laughs> this entire wonderful, stupendous, fantastic year for the SEO community. I know you guys have had a great year. Jordan, you fled the city of San Francisco. I did. For the hills of Wisconsin. We have hills? 
<laughs> do they have hills? Do they not have hills in Wisconsin? It's relatively flat. For the cheese of Wisconsin. There we go. There Tyson, we go. you fled San Francisco for the luxurious grapevines of Sonoma oh, County. Jealous. I'm still here in the suburbs, just recording podcasts. <laughs> and yet... Tough life. And we've seen lots of changes in the SEO community. It's been a hell of a year. It's been a hell of a year for you guys. It's been a hell of a year for me, for the SEO community. You know, Google had its ups and downs too. I'm not sure if you guys heard about this. Rumor has it the federal government is not such a fan of the big G. Somebody give me a recap of what happened and why is Google in such legal hot water? Yeah, well, I mean, like any big company, there's always lawsuits. But I think this is a very notable one where 11 state attorney generals, along with U.S. Department of Justice, have filed a lawsuit against Google essentially stating that they've leveraged certain monopoly-like practices to control their market share of search. And I think this is a unique lawsuit in a variety of ways, most notably because it really is centrally focused on the theme of search and how much market share that they have in search. In fact, when you read the summary by Attorney General Bill Barr, He actually states that Google has some 90 plus percent market share in many countries, including the United States, and that they use variety of malicious practices to control and withhold that market share and prevent others from being competitive in search. You know, this is funny to me because I I don't want to turn this into a political podcast. And, you know, we all on some level make our livings based on the whims of Google and the search algorithm that they've created. But if Google didn't exist, there still would be search. And to me, this whole lawsuit is so politically motivated and so stupid. And the idea that Google is the company that has the antitrust lawsuit out against them because they own 90% of search, when in reality... There's search that's on every website. There's search that's on Mm -hmm. Amazon. There's search in Apple's App Store. There's search for podcasts. And sure, Google has text-based search, but not the only version of search. This to me just feels like the federal government and a specific portion of the country is pissed off at the tech community and wants to lash back at not only Google, but we've seen this with Facebook as well and their impending lawsuits with how they've acquired some of their competitors. Am I thinking about this the wrong way, or does this just seem like a lot of attorney generals in relatively red states, right or wrong, and not making this a political thing? I'm not saying that I have a bias against the blue or the red states, but like this clearly feels like uh, people just getting upset at Google because they're upset at the tech community. I mean, there certainly is a sentiment behind that, but the lawsuit is relatively well-structured. And there are some arguments in there that I would say open the door to really understanding what I believe our nation and more broadly, what our lawmakers should be thinking about, which is how do you regulate these technology companies? How do you manage these technology companies? And it's really funny Just this week, in fact, I think it was Santa Clara County here in the Bay Area, which is where where San Jose, California is. They are trying to force many of the food delivery companies to minimize or have a, a ceiling or a cap on the fee that they can charge 
both restaurants and consumers in terms of getting food delivered to their home. Because some of these fees are just like super gouging a lot of these small businesses and restaurants. I paid $46 for a plate of sushi today. (laughs) That's insane. I mean, and this is the thing, right? Like, I mean, I think that our local, state, and federal lawmakers need to think of a better way to create legislation that restricts the way that these companies operate. And that is really, I think, where we want to be. This lawsuit is without a doubt, to your point in the beginning here, Ben, they're trying to make Google an example, right? They're trying to make Google an example of how, you know, certain advertising, marketing placements, leveraging their deep pockets could be considered a monopoly-like practice. One of the examples they used is that in all iPhones, by default, Google pays Apple tens of millions of dollars to show up as the default search engine in iPhones. And they're using that marketing practice as one of the reasons for Google being a monopoly in the search space. So when I look at this too, like one, I was a little surprised that Google was the first one to go in front of the group because you know, if you look into it, I think there's similar cases that could be made against Amazon and et cetera, like against these other larger tech companies. And I mean, you can go down a little rabbit hole, you can make comments of different energy provider companies and options that are available there. So you can make those debates of why is it happening in this space, but not in other spaces where we consume different goods and services. But bringing it also to maybe like a potentially more tactical or kind of like what's to come in 2021 is... I think the pressure and line of sight that this is creating from it has the potential to impact some of the advancements or next steps from the organization. And so if you look at AMP, which is something that they've been pushing for a while, and now there's been some recent chatter of whether or not they roll back some of the preferred treatment that AMP pages receive versus traditional URLs. And from that, the argument that's being made is that Google is offering a preferred treatment to an AMP page because it stays within the Google ecosystem. It stays within their environment. And so I think you could see some changes happening where you may not have the same preferred kind of presence of AMP. And particularly, you know, in Europe, they've been tightening down a bit on that of, hey, you're giving a preferred treatment to this website because it uses your system and it is more inherent into your interests. So I think it's very unclear of what the outcome and impact from this is. But I would say it is more substantial than just you know another court hearing that's just going to kind of drag on and on. And I do think that there is the possibility to see changes in how we operate within search with Google being under kind of this microscope. To me... The federal government missed the boat here. And if there's anything that you're going to, you know, slap the hand of the tech community and specifically Google for, I don't think it's that Google is operating under a monopoly. I think that there's enough competition across all of Google's businesses. Search, sure, they have 90% of traditional text search, but there's plenty of other searches that are out there. Google also, in terms of advertising, has competition from Facebook and Amazon in terms of device manufacturing and operating systems. Uh, There's a little company called Apple that they tend to compete with as well. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. 
So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. What about what's really impacting the consumer, which is privacy concerns and how companies like Google and Facebook are taking and potentially reselling data? It doesn't seem like anybody really wants to sue over that practice. And, you know, we have GDPR and CCPA coming down. Didn't the federal government missed the boat here by not necessarily taking into consideration some of the privacy concerns and some of how Google is using data to drive revenue as opposed to just saying, oh, well, you own too much of the type of business that you're running? I think you're spot on, Ben, which is... I know, I took this from our previous episode talking about this. (laughs) Thief. (laughs) So, I mean... It's been a long year, but I did remember a couple of things, Jordan. I I see that. I see that. You learned something there, Ben. Uh (laughs) Aha. And I think that for our listeners, this is what's really important about this is like, how is this benefiting you as a consumer, a consumer of search engines? Because we are all consumers of search engines, right? We all use them to get information, to learn, to buy to improve our way of getting around and using the internet. And so like the reality here is how is this helping you and how is this protecting you? And I don't think that this lawsuit touches that at all. This is purely in self-interest of state attorney generals and our federal government. And it is largely being used as a tool to generate recognition in the media that they're coming after these technology companies. But in reality, the state and local legislators and lawmakers need to find ways to regulate how these technology companies operate. And to some degree, it's happened with taxation on a state level, you know, with e-commerce. In some ways, it's now happening with driver services like Uber and Lyft, with food delivery services like DoorDash. And there's going to need to be more of a heavy hand on that from lawmakers because lawmakers need to be thinking about what is happening to the consumer. I just want to throw out one question here, and this is probably going a little bit out on a limb, but is it just coincidence or is there something tied to maybe the fact that the U.S. government didn't want to bring that as part of the conversation with the data collection around U.S. citizens as far as like security goes in the U.S.? Like That was something that I was just kind of... uh... Isn't this whole thing related to the election? 
isn't this whole thing driven by one side of the country from a political party perspective saying we don't like the tech community and how much influence they have on our electoral process. And to me, the timing of this, because the Google antitrust lawsuit happened, well, right before the presidential election. And my feeling is that this is the Republican Party saying, Google, we are going to slap your hands if you don't help us either with access to the data or with the marketing channels to reach the people that we want to with our political message. And, you know, it just is a, a very slanted view of how antitrust and the monopoly conversation is just a way for 11 Republican-driven states and a very Republican-driven, you know, Justice Department right now saying that they don't like what Google is doing in general and they're going to slap the back of their hands. I mean, I think... There could be some of those elements, but you also see cases outside of the U.S. that obviously wouldn't have that same tie. So it's like, I see that side. I don't know, maybe it's the conspiracy side of me. I think they also wanted to stay away from some of the privacy stuff because, hey, we don't always have the best track record there of like data collection. (laughs) The NSA and our data collection policy is super good. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I mean, if anyone's collecting data, we know who. But like, I think... And I mean, really, like from all this, I was surprised that Amazon wasn't as much front and center in this and Google was the primary one. Because Amazon isn't a marketing channel that politicians lean on to get their message across, right? Amazon only sells products, Asterix, web serving, and all the other products that they have. But the companies that are being pointed at by the government are Facebook. Google primarily. Now, Apple and Amazon are, you know, being dragged in front. So we're talking about the tech community in general. And to me, that is more of Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. I don't know exactly why Apple would be pulled in from a political perspective, but I'm pretty sure Apple from a leadership perspective leans pretty far left. Like this to me seemed very much politically motivated. I think that there's a couple points to this. The first one, the timing is obviously very suspicious. And that without a doubt, I think that there's certainly some political motivation in terms of how they hustled to put that thing together and release it before the election. However, I would argue that there are mischievous egos going around on both sides of the aisle and political spectrum. I mean, just this week, I want to say it was either today or the other day, Mark Zuckerberg you know, there's a press release out and information, a bunch of news articles out that he donated $300 million to a variety of different political nonprofits that basically monitor and manage disinformation on the internet. And I don't think that there was any coincidence or anything that was nothing but self-serving in Mark Zuckerberg being able to say that he donated that money and helped protect this election by donating that money before the election. And those organizations were able to beef up disinformation efforts, right? I mean, it was purely in the interest of him preventing another catastrophe and a bunch of bad press hitting Facebook like it did in 2016 during that election. But the question needs to be asked, the really important question needs to be asked, why is our government not regulating and taxing these companies and funding these efforts themselves? It's like saying, okay, you know, giant trucking company, why don't you pay for the highways? 
your CEO is going to be so philanthropic, he's going to pay to fix all the highways in the state of California. Makes no sense. You know, like we really need a better system in terms of how we regulate tax and monitor these big companies that got tons of money. But why don't we use that money to make our society a little better? And you know what the great thing about 2020 was? That no matter whether there was a coronavirus, that no matter what happened in terms of us all being locked at home the entire time, we still had something to bitch about with American politics. (laughs) And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton. And everybody, we know it's been a hell of a year. And before we let you go, let me just say it's been a joy to do this podcast. Tyson, Jordan, this is the closest I get to going out and having drinks with my buddies is getting to talk to you guys about SEO, all the things that we do that we're not talking about SEO. Cheers to you. I'm going to hold my house plant. (laughs) Guys, it's been a pleasure. Everybody that's listening, it's been a joy bringing this content to you this year. We're really excited about bringing it back to you next year. We're going to bring more content to you, talk about SEO, and we're going to try to bring this conversation back to you, hopefully with Tyson and Jordan, and talk about our predictions for 2021 somewhat soon. So in the meantime, we'd love to continue this conversation with you. If you're interested in contacting Jordan or Tyson, you can find the links to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. Jordan's handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Tyson's is Tyson underscore Stockton. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out over social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B E N J S H A P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 